Welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. How is trust built in a marriage? And what are some potential pitfalls to avoid that would erode trust in your spouse? Hello and welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast. I'm Jo and I'm your host for this episode. Now in each episode of the Connect to podcast, we'll be tackling questions that couples ask about marriage, communication, conflict and so much more. So we hope you will keep tuning in to learn with us as you grow closer, deeper and stronger in your marriage. Now today we're exploring how to make marriages stronger through the art of building trust. Uh, big word. Trust is uh, often a funny thing in any relationship, right? It's always, um, sometimes we casually say, if you love me, you should trust me. But I'm, I don't know, is trusting another person similar to loving someone? Is it synonymous? Well, our studies have actually shown that marriages fail because one person is unable to cede any territory to the other. So trust can be tricky because everyone has their own version of it. And trusting someone may also mean learning to have confidence in your own judgment and believing that they have your best interests at heart. Uh, we're going to jump right in and talk all about trust. And today we have as our guest, um, Nam Singh and his wife, Sokmian. Uh, they've been married, this is their 35th year. Okay, so you can guess uh, how old they look. <laughs> and they have two adult children uh, whom actually have um, uh, spent some time with Focus on the Family before. And they're going to share more on this topic because uh, they are also the founders of an organization called Bridging Hearts that um, really focuses on building marriages. Um, they train marriage mentors and work with them. Um, you know, they are themselves marriage mentors, marriage trainers, marriage facilitators. So a warm welcome to Nam Singh and Sakmian. Hi. It's it's good to be here. <laughs> it's good to have you back. <laughs> well, having been married for so yeah. many years, and I know you're proud grandparents of three grandchildren. Yes. Uh, and we just talked about, uh, caught up a little bit about your two daughters. And <laughs> how, like, one obviously happily married and growing a family, and another one maybe to be married very, very soon. <laughs> mm. um, obviously, <laughs> it means that you guys really uh, live it out, live out what it takes, in, uh, you know, to yes, get uh, yes. marriage going, mm. to make it strong, to keep it thriving. Mm. Uh, so we want to talk uh, really about how foundational is trust in a marriage. So perhaps you could help us to unpack it. How would you define trust or what does it look like in a marriage? Yeah. Perhaps I will start first uh, from the wife's perspective. Mm. Yeah, so to me, trust gives me the safety and security I need to mm. live with my husband <laughs> and to function <laughs> in a marriage. Yeah. So as a wife, trust to me is believing in Nam Singh that he is who he says he is. Yeah, he is the same person at home and outside in different environments with different company. He is the same person. I don't have to second guess him. Mm. And trust is also believing that he's reliable. He'll do what he says he'll do. If he says he's going to pick me up at six, he'll be there at six. Yeah, it's also believing that he accepts me for who I am. He cares for me and has my interest at heart. Mm. And I'm confident that he has my back. Uh, especially with in-laws, yeah, and <laughs> that you protect me. And also, trust is also um, being confident that he's loyal to me, he's faithful, and I have no need to keep secrets uh, wow. from him, and I do not need to be suspicious of his intent, <laughs> that he will always have my interests at heart. Wow. wow that's a, yeah, that's a whole lot. Yeah. Nam Singh, you sound like the perfect Good husband. <laughs> 
<coughs> oh, Mitch is talking about me. Wow. <laughs> oh, you mean that was just theoretical? <laughs> you know, for many guys, we just want to be who we are. To mm. we want to feel safe to who we are. But this can only happen when there's actually there's trust. When you know that your wife trusts you for who you are, and then you can be free to be who you are. You know mm. that is so so important, and then you can bear your soul with each other. When we first got married, it's difficult for me to be quite open, to be mm. vulnerable mm. with my wife, because this is me and this is who I am, and I'm good, I'm strong, you know, I'm able, yeah. And then if I be vulnerable with you, what if you don't agree with me and things like that? And then you become difficult. Mm. And I think that is one of those things that that's why many men withdraw. They dare not have that vulnerability with their wife. Mm-hmm. So when I can sense that there's this deep trust that Sotman has in me, it allows me to slowly open up. Mm. It's not instantaneous. Mm. It took 35 years. <laughs> 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 the first few years isn't good. But I think one of the things that we understand that marriage is a journey mm. and we continue to work on it. And that's how we can be where we are today. So meaning to say that, I mean, you can confidently kind of declare that the trust that you have in each other today is much greater or deeper than when you first started. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Definitely. definitely. Well, that's something to look forward to for all the couples out there. (laughs) (laughs) There's hope. (laughs) Yeah, it only gets better, right? Sometimes we're acting now, now it's like that, it'll just get worse. But it sounds like this is an area of uh, married life that gets better and only gets better and of course it needs intentionality you need to be aware of it and that you intentionally built it build that trust Mm. so Mm. that you can have the freedom to be who you are Mm. in marriage Mm. but it seems like you know as you shared the wise perspective or understanding of what trust looks like and uh, how we would like to you know receive that trust also from our spouse that sounds like there's some difference between the husband's perspective and the wife's perspective mm. because I think something earlier you shared how trusting your husband is to also know that he will protect you and he would right. kind of be strong and be there for you right mm. but then I'm saying is to, to have that trust is where you can be afford to be weak yeah, <laughs> and afford to yeah, be vulnerable. Yeah. So it's almost sounding as if like it will contradict uh, yeah. each other. That's why it is intentionality to be able to meet someone's need to be the protector, for mm-hmm, example. Mm-hmm. Then I I will really need to understand what is it that she needs from me, and then she really needs to understand and know who I am. And then to once the trust is built. We are able to be who we are and then we are able to also then manage our expectation with regards to what can and cannot be. And Mm. with that, we are better able to work with each other and continually build up the trust that we have for each other. Mm. Meaning that I trust her to be able to understand and empathize with me as I become vulnerable. And then... As I gain that trust, as I gain that empathy and the understanding from her, you know what? I actually become braver and Mm. bigger. But it sounds like either party must be willing to take that so-called risk, Mm. to take that first step, right? Blindly trust. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is is taking the first step that is very tough. But I just want to share that it is worth it. I I mean, for both of us, we believe that our marriage is worth it. My wife is worth it. And for that, I'm willing to take the first step. So in many ways, trust kind of grows in a relationship, which is why you guys have said that, mm. you know, the trust you have for each other today is much greater, much deeper than when you first started out as a married couple. But 
it's kind of tough, right, to always be a person of our word to make sure that whatever we say uh, matches what yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. Trust sounds so... I mean, not even in the workplace, right? Trust is a precious commodity, but it's very easily broken. Mm. Oh, um, yes. So you talked mm. about intentionality in building trust. Maybe share with us what are some things that we can do to intentionally build up this trust. I think you're right that trust is so fundamental in a, a, a marriage, but yet we sometimes take for granted. So this is what we discover, that mm. we don't realise how precious it is until you lose it. So that's why in our marriage and also in, in our work with couples, we realise that it's so important to start right. So maybe I'll, I can share some of the ways that we can mm. you know, start right, how, how we can build trust in the early years of our marriage. Marriage is one of the most rewarding things in life. Yet, navigating marriage as newlyweds or an engaged couple can sometimes get overwhelming. Whether it's managing expectations of the in-laws, getting a good grasp of your family finances, or establishing good habits of communication and healthy conflict. Focus on the Family Singapore's Marriage Preparation Program aims to help you build a solid foundation in the early years and prepare you for the adventure of your life. Visit family.org.sg slash C2 Marriage Prep for more information today. If we start right and we start to build trust, the starting point is good. Mm. You know, the starting point is good and then it's easier to implement all of this that we right. set out to do. The boundaries. Yeah, and setting boundaries yeah. and all that, mm. yeah. But if we begin to set boundaries and all that, after trust is broken, wow, then the starting point is one of mistrust and suspicion. Then it's very hard to, get to it implement, going, yeah. to get it going, mm. yeah. So I thought we can share what we practice la, to, to, to build <laughs> trust. Really helpful. Yeah. I think starting right means that in the early years of our marriage, we continue to pursue each other, even after marriage. We do all the things that's necessary la, to build good marriage. We learn to manage conflict. We learn to have conversations. We learn to connect, to build emotional intimacy, to know each other's heart, to understand our values. Mm. Yeah. So the connecting and the building of intimacy it's something that's got to be very intentional and it must be consistent. Then another thing that we realised that was good uh, from the beginning is to practice transparency. Even before setting boundaries, I think practice transparency and honesty and openness, mm. who we realise is so important. Maybe I'll share one of our experiences. Like, for example, Nam Singh started his career in the military. So in the military, the environment are mainly males, right? So his <laughs> colleagues, his lunch partners, yeah. the, the people that he go around with for mm -hmm. meetings and all that are predominantly typically male. Typically guys, yeah. Yeah, typically guys. So I, mm. I don't give a second thought to, hey, who is he having lunch with today? Eh? It never occurred to me right. to ask him, only if he tells me where they eat, you know? But I wasn't like so interested. But then after that, he moved into education. Oh, it's different, right? In education, I think the people are predominantly yeah. females. <laughs> yeah, then I, I realised that, hey, yeah, I begin <laughs> to wonder, hmm, who does he go at lunch with? Huh? Not out of suspicion, but yeah, just... No, it's just that, 
oh something that I took for granted. Hey, how come nowadays I have questions? You know, yeah. just just yeah. curious, just yeah. curious. Yeah. So I suppose it's a female security thing. Mm. Yeah, a mm. wife security thing. So we talk about it, and I think what was really helpful was that he's very proud of himself. Ah, huh? yeah, he's <laughs> he, he's very. I mean, I'm proud of him too. That he is very sensitive to this. So this practicing of transparency is that he is very accountable to me. He will let me know. He will text me and say, "I'm having lunch with so and so today," yeah. and many times it's just one female, you know, one colleague. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm meeting so and so today. Or sometimes he comes back and he will share with me that oh, today he had this session with this staff. He will just you know casually say that oh, when I do that, my door. It's always open, you know. I don't do that uh, alone with her, with the door closed. Yeah, he would just casually talk about this, and that gives me a lot of confidence. Right. That gives me a lot of trust yeah. in him. Yeah. So one very interesting <laughs> episode, yeah, was that. So one day he just texted me that, oh, I'm giving so and so a lift home. After that, I received a text from my sister. He, she said, oh, I saw Nam Singh uh, on the road. I was driving behind him. But the person sitting next to him is not you. Ooh. Ooh. That sounds like Ooh. the beginning of some trauma. Wow. <laughs> okay, I need to know how this unfolded. Yes, carry on. <laughs> I mean, she has no intention. She's just being cheeky. But I was very confident, you know, that oh, I know who she is. Uh, Nam Singh told me. Phew. I think oh, the one who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> Caused me to realize, wow, how important accountability is. So it was a good thing that he told me because I I don't know what I would imagine this if he true. hasn't, right? right? Yeah. So this is something that we learn. This accountability is not something to curb his freedom or mm -hmm. curb my freedom, but I think it's to protect our marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and definitely just reassure. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Yeah. So I think honesty, openness, that leads us to the next point that you mentioned mm -hmm. about setting boundaries. So we have conversations about like what is acceptable, like lifts, giving mm. colleagues lifts and all that. He always texts me. That helps. We also set boundaries about uh, in other areas as well, not just friendship and all that, but also in finance, in our activities. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If if let's say because of. A church ministry. I have to meet a guy. I will also tell him who I'm meeting, where I'm meeting. Similarly, I don't meet another lady, you know, one on one elsewhere for the work that we are doing. Mm. So that these are the boundaries that we set. Yeah. And then, especially if we do now that, in our yeah, ministry, yeah, especially now. So if I'm to meet a lady, I will make sure that I will bring yes, yes. some men along. I think the other point about building trust is that it's for me. As the husband, to be attentive to my wife, to what she's saying and what are her needs and all that. Like for example, Somian has been amazing, and then she has been staying together and then with my parents. And you know how difficult it is, you know, to be living with in-laws. I mean, for her, from her perspective. Mm. I mean, from all wives' perspective, having to live with in-laws, not all are pleasant, right? Mm. So then I have to be at attentive to what she's saying. So when the appropriate moment comes. I can speak up for her, and I can mm. come to her defense, and to be able to articulate what is needed to my mom or mm. to my dad, mm. and especially when got children, right? My parents become the grandparents, and then, of course, my daughters when they need help, of course, to the grandfather and grandmother. You know, when I'm disciplined, they want to run there. So, in that, we also have to set the boundary so that Sokmian knows that 
in this family, we, the parents, still have got the responsibility over our own children and that my parents knows the boundary and and that's how I protect Sokmian and mm. that's how it builds trust and she knows that the things that I do is out of good intent you know to protect her and that requires really being able to listen listen intensively and for the details and all that I think what you said about starting it right mm. now yeah. would really help. I'm just wondering like, oh no, what if the couple hasn't started it right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's now. never too late to start, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we might need to talk about rebuilding trust <laughs> in, in, in a while, but um, I think one of the things that has come across to me is, you know, just being very proactive about it. Oh, it, yes, it yes. sounds like these conversations actually need to be had even before the situation yes. happens. Yes, that's right. right. Um, yeah. I mean, I can imagine like if, let's say you guys never even talked about letting one another know if you're giving a right to a colleague of the mm. opposite sex. And, and then your sister actually <laughs> saw it. And, <laughs> that and, was quite amazing actually, quite scary. <laughs> oh, yeah, correct. And that's what yeah. I can imagine, right? Then it will really raise suspicion. <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah. if you were to raise it, I mean, Sokmi, if you were to raise it in that incident, I think typically the husband might think like, why are you checking on me? Why are you suspicious yes, yes. of me? You know, why are you accusing me? Why are right? you snooping on me? Why are you snooping <laughs> on me? Okay, and on that note, actually this thing about snooping, uh, there was a survey done in the UK which interviewed 1,000 married couples from 18 to 65 years old about their attitudes towards marriage and they found that 10% of married women don't trust their partners. 9% actually check their husband's social media accounts to see what they're writing about and who they're speaking to. Uh, these numbers, I don't know, for better or worse, aren't as high as uh, for the men as they are for the women. I don't know whether 10% or 9% <laughs> is a high number, yeah. but if we're talking about how fundamental trust is to a marriage, uh, I would say 10% is worrying. Yeah, and you know, this phenomenon of checking on your spouse or snooping on your spouse, is it reflective of, you know, maybe lack of trust or maybe the communication of that trust? And perhaps maybe underestimating the influence of technology and its yeah, effect yeah. on trust in our relationship. So on this note, we actually have in each episode a frequently asked question we address uh, that couples would have about marriage. And this week's question is about this. My husband confronted me about some remarks I made to a friend in a private text, revealing therefore that he'd been snooping on me. Uh, I tried to explain the conversation, but I feel disappointed in his snooping since it shows his mistrust of me. Uh, <laughs> what would your <Wow>. advice? <laughs> okay, I think snooping is like checking on your spouse without his or her knowledge. That's why you snoop, right? I think it's motivated by suspicion and mistrust. It is not something that couples wants to do. In this case, I would really encourage the wife to share with the husband about her disappointment in his snooping. Mm. to be able to share and that takes courage and I believe that most of the time spouse have no intention to snoop around so choose not to be offended and give your benefit of doubt to your spouse many many times snooping occurs right when something else had happened first that resulted right. in the so-called need to snoop for example some spouse really need to access social media for whatever purpose and these are legitimate reasons mm. like for example Sokmin 
she will use my phone for certain online shopping because she's <laughs> using my account and things like that. And then she will just use it, which is legitimate, which mm, is okay. Mm, and then mm. she had my password. Yeah, we she, have access to each yeah, other's she has, she has free access to my phone and all that. So she will use. So we know of uh, couples that got into trouble because the reason to look at a phone, example, starts with a legitimate reason. Mm. But somehow we're going through the phone they stumble onto something right. that they are not aware of. Right. And as a result, they become suspicious, mm -hmm. which is why at the beginning we were saying that transparency, honesty, openness becomes very important. And then if you come across something that, you know, that shocks you, I think it's necessary to really uh, come together to articulate that disappointment and so that you don't spiral deeper into mm. mistrust. Mm. It's kind of like the negativity will feed into it. Yeah. Yes. So you have to deal with it early and deal with it quickly. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe I suggest some good practice. Mm. Yeah. So yes, we have encountered quite a number um, of couples, number of couples yeah. who stumble upon, I would say, the spouse's betrayer. Adultery, yeah, but, <laughs> infidelity. Or debts or things debts, like that. Yeah. Finances. Yeah. So a good practice would be that once this happens, one party or so-called the one who discovers the truth will have that discomfort. It may first start with like a suspicion, but if it's just one time you don't have enough so-called like evidence to confirm that yes, this is crime. what yeah, my spouse has done, right? So I think a good practice which we always encourage couples to do is whenever you feel that discomfort or you sense that some boundaries have been crossed, be it in your personal space. In this case, I think the wife felt that his a personal space has been intruded, right? So that discomfort, whether it's in your personal space or in your uh, spouse's relationship with others, address them with your spouse as soon as possible. Yeah, I'll explain why as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So have a conversation with your spouse to talk about these concerns. It's going to be a very difficult yeah. conversation because it can be quite frightening. You don't know what you're going to hear, right? So, True. but it is still very necessary. Yeah, because your relationship cannot move on like this, you know, with all these doubts and suspicion. Yeah, so you have to make the effort to, to have that conversation. Why having this conversation as soon as possible is important? Because I think we have the tendency to let our imaginations go wild, right? We'll start thinking, oh, oh, who is this? Is this the first time, you know? All yeah. sorts of things. So attending to this as soon as possible will actually help sometimes clarify just a misunderstanding. It may end mm -hmm. up nothing. I remember uh, we have this young couple one day the wife called me and she was very troubled because she realized that her husband is befriending a lot of ladies on Facebook. She was feeling very uncomfortable about it. And sometimes, because it's open, so she sometimes look at the comments and all that that they have. It's like, it really just makes her feel uncomfortable. She wouldn't say it's flirting, but she just feels uncomfortable and she didn't know how to approach it. So we decided that, never mind, come, let's talk to the husband. So we had a couple session. Mm. And what happened was that with us, I think she has more courage to bring it up. So she brought it up to the husband and the husband said, oh, is it? Oh, okay. I will unfriend them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I didn't know. 
So, right. wow, that taught us something that actually sometimes the spouse is not even aware right. that they have crossed certain boundaries with their partner. Yeah, yeah so that's why must bring it up. Imagine the anxiety, the, the fear unnecessary. Yeah, <laughs> that, that she had. It was actually mm. unnecessary. It was such a relief for her. And yeah, such a relief for us that actually there was nothing. This really shows us that it helps to have that difficult conversation early because sometimes it is just clarifying a misunderstanding and set new boundaries. Then we talk about boundaries like, okay, next time the husband is very open and say, okay, next time I, I won't befriend all these people or next time I check with you first. So mm. he's very open. So that helps, right? So this is talking about clarifying boundaries mm. and, and how, what helps. Okay, but what if? What if it is really conversation? <laughs> it's really something that there's a breach of trust. Now, it is still good to intervene early before That's things true. get deeper, these things get yeah. more complicated. That's true. Spiral out of control. Yeah, yeah, it's out of control. It's very difficult to yeah. deal with. Yeah. In other words, there's only benefits. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no downside for, you know, nipping in it than yeah. the butt. But yeah. it's not easy. It's not easy yes. to be vulnerable, you know, to be approaching your spouse to ask some of these difficult questions. Yeah. I think the word you use was like, if you feel uncomfortable mm. versus I think we're quite quick to what like that. <laughs> yes, like, and then it becomes it. blaming, right? <laughs> yeah, like give your spouse the benefit of doubt. Don't benefit. don't react first. Yeah. yeah, we have had lots of practical tips today. Before we go, we usually will issue a couple challenge to our listeners. So uh, today, if you are listening to this podcast with your spouse, would you take an extra five minutes at the end of this episode to share with each other? What is one way you can foster greater trust or build trust in your marriage? Uh, I think we've heard a lot about, you know, starting strong, but uh, we've also heard that it's not too late to start if you didn't <laughs> start too late. Yes, start yes, early never too late. Strong. Yeah. Yeah, so what is just one way? I mean, we've heard lots of practical tips. Uh, so share with each other, even if your spouse isn't listening to this podcast and you think it will be helpful mm. for your marriage, mm. uh, perhaps listen to it again with your spouse this time. So with that, we hope you've enjoyed uh, this podcast. In our next episode, we're going to delve deeper on into this topic of building trust, where we're going to talk about rebuilding trust, uh, maybe talk about some of the issues that kind of uh, shake that trust in marriage. So do tune in to hear part two of our discussion. Well, if you know of a friend or couple who are newly married or getting married this year, do invite them to check out our Connect to Marriage Preparation Workshop coming up in May. Uh, as uh, we heard today, it's good to start strong and part of that is to attend a marriage preparation workshop. So visit family.org.sg slash C2 Marriage Prep to find out more. So we hope you follow and subscribe to our Connect2 podcast. Do share with a friend who can also benefit from it. And thank you for tuning in. Until next time, do take care of yourself and your spouse. <laughs>